All right, welcome back. Rock and roll, everybody. Welcome back to part two of our New York Dolls story. Thank you for coming back to Jay's Rock and Roll Stories. I'm your host, Jay. I just want to point out really quick before I move on, uh, all the meat, all the story stuff you're hearing are from liner notes from records, um, interviews from all over, all over, all kinds of magazines, and this really freaking killer book called New York Dolls, Too Much Too Soon, written by Nina Antonia. Fantastic book. Recommend it. All right, so let's just jump back in there. So they're playing at the, the art center. Guess who's there? Guess who's there to check them out? Get, guess. Guess. Nope, you're wrong. David Bowie. David Bowie is there with his entire entourage. This is 71. Uh, his, his, his group of, of uh, buddies and assistants and everything, they're there watching. He's in the corner watching the band play with a smile on his face, tapping his toe, really digging it. And uh, after the show, he, he talks to the guys and he's real. He's really into these guys. He's like, he's asking them, "Wow, how did you, how did you do your hair like that?" And well, where did you get those shoes? He's he's really into like the whole look, the whole thing. Um, Sylvain 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 uh, says about this this uh, meeting with David Bowie about how he he says, "I'm not saying that you know we completely inspired David Bowie, but he really got something out of of seeing us because like after that he started." shopping where they shop and he started using a lot more heavy makeup and things like that uh forgot to mention right at this moment david johansson is going by his stage name as david joe don't forget that that's david joe okay all right anyway so david bowie's around town he's hanging out with them and um the 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 new york dolls decide to take uh david bowie to their favorite watering holes um, this is down in the Bowery. It's like where all the bums are sleeping, all the hobos, and it's kind of a mess. It's kind of a heavy, hard, na- uh, dangerous neighborhood. And they're and they're going to little bars and stuff. And at at one point, uh, David Bowie is walking with David Johansson, and uh, there's a truck that stops at a light. And this guy looks out the window at uh, David Joe. Don't forget David Joe. He looks out the window at David Joe and says, uh, "Hey, honey, I want to suck your cunt." David Joe looks at him and says, well, you're going to have to suck my fucking dick, motherfucker. Get out of here. David Bowie is freaking out. His like knees are trembling and he's shaking. And David Joe is yelling at the guy, come on, motherfucker, I'll take you on. And uh, t- David Bowie is like, please, please stop antagonizing him. Stop provoking him. And after a little while, David Bowie is just kind of like, I'm, I'm done hanging out with these guys. These guys are a little too heavy for me. So uh, the story goes is that when David Bowie wrote the song, Watch That Man, it was about the New York Dolls. And there's a lyric from that song that goes, yeah, I was shaking like a leaf for I couldn't understand the conversation. It probably goes back to that story where, you know, that little, that little tidbit with the trucker. At this point in time, um, the band has a contract with Leber and Craig's and um, Marty Thau, but as managers, they are not signed to a label. So, uh, you know, the manager's job is to get people, get A&R people to come to check out the band. So A&R people from other our record labels are coming to check out the band, but they, it, it, they can't do it. They... They can't get past the exterior. It's kind of like um, 
they they want to see it, but they don't want to touch it. It's it's kind of a shame because um, this is Marty. These are Marty Thau's words. There's a quote from him, not my words. He says, "The music business perceived the dolls as a bunch of degenerate queers." It was uh, it was down to homophobia. That's it. Not my words, his words. Anyway, so nobody would touch them. Nobody, because like, you know, the record business at this point was still like ruled by the suits, you know, like the, the goofy guys with the jackets and the pants. So no, one, no one's going to touch the New York Dolls at all. But eventually this guy from Mercury Records named Paul Nelson falls in love with the band. And he's like, I love these guys. And he has, uh, he, he's like an assistant A&R guy. He has the big A&R guy, Charlie Fatch from Mercury Records to come check him out. But when Charlie shows up, he's there. Uh, Charlie gets pissed off when the band is four minutes late. The New York Dolls are four hours late. So he's like, fuck these guys. So he leaves. Um, he tells another guy, uh, uh, another A&R guy from, to, to go check him out. Um, the guy goes to check out the band, but, um, uh, Johnny Thunders, his platform shoes are putting holes in the stage and Arthur, the bass player forgets to even plug in his bass for the first four songs. So even that guy is like, what, what a disaster. So it's like, fuck, what do we do with this band? Um, so the managers decide, fuck it, let's, let's conquer Europe. So they get in touch with some management uh, companies over in England and they get uh, uh, signed to open for uh, Rod Stewart and the Faces. And they're going to play in England at the 8,000-seat uh, Wembley Pool in England. So this is like a big, big, big jump because the New York Dolls are used to playing at the Art Center with, for 200 people. And now we're going to play it somewhere with 8,000 8, people. All right, let's do, let's do it. So they arrive at Heathrow Airport, London. A horse and buggy are there to transport them to the to the studio as a publicity stunt. So the little horse buggy gets in, they get in, and uh, the idea is they want them to record a few songs before they do any live stuff. So uh, they they record a handful of songs. Um, they do a couple like one-off um, concerts at the um, the London Speakeasy, another one at the Alhambra um, Alhambra Rock in Birmingham. Um, so they play the concert, uh, opening for the Rod Stewart, for Rod Stewart and the Faces, and there's some mixed reviews. Um, uh, a writer for, uh, Melody Maker says it was the worst set he's ever seen. Uh, these guys didn't know what the hell they were doing. It was out of tune. Steve Jones, the, uh, guitar player for the Six Pistols, Sex Pistols said it was the awesomest thing he's ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. It was really sloppy, but it was just inspiring. It was loud. It was in your face. It was great. So at this point, even Kit Lambert, the manager for The Who, is like taking, taking the dolls and, and Marty, Marty Thau and um, Lieber out to dinner. He's like spending money on the band. He's like putting up parties and stuff. The band went... In, in six months, they went to guys that were like shopping for expensive, trying to get some money to shop for expensive boots, and now they're hanging out with The Who. Um, Mick Jagger flies in from Ireland and uh, to London just to see them. Mick Jagger doesn't like it. He, he says he, he saw the lead singer, he wasn't really blown away, and it turns out that the New York Dolls were actually auditioning for the New York's um, the Rolling Stones uh, records, Rolling Stones, their, their 
their label. Um, Mick Jagger says no. Even Mick Taylor, the the guitar player for Rolling Stones, he said. Um, Mick Taylor says uh, the the Dolls were the worst high school band I ever saw. Uh, David jo- David Joe responds with no. We were the best high school you ever saw. The kids will love us. Uh, Richard Branson, who just recently launched the Virgin Records, offers the band uh, five thousand bucks. Well, I'll sign you five thousand bucks. Well, they turn it down. They're like, no, that's not enough. They want more. And there's a lot of other companies putting up money. Um, they're partying all over England. Um, 1972, November 4th. Uh, they opened for the band Argent, who's a pretty big band at that time. Uh, that same week, in 72, they're scheduled to open for Lou Reed. And 10 minutes before the concert starts, it's, they're at the stadium in Liverpool. 10 minutes before they're going to go on, one of Lou Reed's, uh, like a little messenger boy, messenger boy came and delivers a message to the New York Dolls saying, uh, Lou Reed will not step on, get not, not get on stage if the if New York Dolls get on. If they go on, I'm not I'm not going on. And this was this was like kind of fucked up because it was like, what the fuck? It's Lou Reed. I thought we were all in the same boat here. We're all you know we're rock and roll together. Uh, and that kind of hurt the band. That was like, fuck you. And even um, even Sylvain said about this. He says uh, that was uh Mr. Lou Reed took a moment away from us at that at that time as far as I'm concerned he was a fucking scumbag uh it it really broke Billy and I right before the last days okay so I got to mention that at this time Billy the drummer he's getting really fucked up he's drinking heavily he's hanging out with these these chicks who are constantly giving him mandrax uh, mandies which is um quaaludes so he's he's really really fucking it up. Um, so one morning uh, there's a breakfast and it's the band the band's having breakfast together, and David Joe really lays into Billy about being sloppy and being fucked up. Sylvain Sylvain talks about before how Dave David Joe David Johansson would always pick on Billy like just kind of a jerk to the guy, and um, the sad thing is that this breakfast would be the last time uh the band would ever see billy ever again so david david joe is really laying into billy saying this is my band you fuck it up you're out to the point where he makes billy cry and billy's crying and and he he leaves the breakfast table and and even sylvain was like that was fucked up dude that was messed up you shouldn't have done that it's you know what R.I.P. Rest in peace, Billy Mercia. Uh, this one goes out to you. Uh, I've never even heard of this story before. A rock and roll tragedy. That's it's terrible. Billy, you were part of a fucking awesome band. Uh, I think it's really sad that they, they did that to you, Billy. Then let's pause right here. R.I.P. Billy Mercia. Thanks for listening to part two. Come back again for part three. Let's do it, baby.